What up? What up? What up? Okay, so, um, fun fact, I'm gonna, like, be really awkward and, like, you know, when those people, when you, like, meet people and the only common thing that you can think of to talk, <laughs> I just, I just took some CBD oil and I think it, like, hit me for a second. Not that it had THC in it, but, like, I don't know if anyone else takes CBD and it just, like, you have these moments of, like, where your brain just kind of, like, gets back into its normal rhythm. Anyway, that just happened to me. I'm so sorry. Okay, so, like, you know when you meet people and, like, my go-to is always the weather. Like, I'm one of those awkward people who, like, bring up the weather because I'm, like, I don't really, I'm not good at small talk. So, just the first thing I talk about is, <laughs> is the weather. So, I'm going to talk about the weather for just a second because it's actually, like, pertinent, 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 pertinent. What am I trying to say? I think you know what I mean. Um, Of my mood. So, it is super overcast, super cloudy. It's not good going to rain, but it looks like it's going to rain. Do you catch my drift? I could never, ever live in like a, like Seattle. I think it's beautiful. Seattle is wonderful. I have a cousin that lives there. She loves it. She raises her family there. It looks beautiful. Could I live there? Absolutely not. I need sunshine to thrive. It's really bad. Like I don't, I think that I have, what is that thing? Um, I think the acronym is SAD, SAD, Seasonal Affectiveness Disorder. I don't know what it stands for, but you guys know what it is, I'm sure. I don't think I have that, but I think it just like the weather completely dictates my mood. Like if it's sunny and not too hot, I am like, out there motivated moving and grooving but like you give me some clouds and like some below 60 degree weather and I'm just like we're mm -mm." (laughs) so today's been a little bit rough for me I had a lot of things planned that I wanted to get done Mondays and Tuesdays are pretty much difficult like they're just I have a lot going on And I woke up this morning. I was feeling great. I was feeling fine. I had too much coffee. So then my stomach started hurting. And I was like, what did I do that for? And I had to take a conference call. So I was on that for an hour. And then I was like, yeah, um, nothing is getting done because I feel like I was going to say something really inappropriate. And then I would have gotten a text from my mom to be like, you shouldn't have said that. That's just so inappropriate. Anyway, I don't know what to, you know, I was just not feeling too hot. We'll put it that way. And I decided that I was going to take the morning, mid morning from like 11 to like one o'clock to just kind of chill. So that's what I did. I made myself some lunch. I watched some TV And I just kind of chilled out for two hours. And I think sometimes like we like to live in this um, mindset that things are like very black and white. Like I think especially on the online space, you hear this either like, you know, rest when you need to rest, um, push when you need to push. And it's like, you know, work hard or take time for yourself or like 
you have to work and push yourself super, super hard to get things done. And then there's other people who are like, take it slow, take it easy. And I'm like, where's the gray area? Like, that's where I like to live because I feel like I know I'm learning this and it's not something that you learn overnight, God willing, um, that I'm not really good at like, I'm really not really good. I am really good at knowing that I will get I'm learning to. Okay, sorry. Wow. My brain is all over the place today. I'm trying to learn to trust myself that I will get things done no matter what. And I know that about myself. Like I feel like intellectually, I understand that about myself, but I'm still kind of graveling with this idea of of understanding that emotionally. So that's where I'm at. I feel like in this gray area, sometimes you like what I did today, I feel like is a perfect example of living in that gray area of resting when I need to to rest and pushing when I need to push. And I know that there's nothing like I'm not getting sick. I'm not you know, feeling anxious or depressed, like there's nothing really underlying going uh, underlying going on other than the fact of like their shitty weather. And so I just am affected by that. And so I'm pushing myself, even though like <laughs> I don't necessarily want to be working, like I would love to just like veg out all day. But I also know that like sometimes it's not about me. Sometimes I have to push myself and do these things because my vision for what I want this world to look like is greater than how I'm feeling on a Monday at 2 p.m. You catch my drift? Am I making any sense? I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to tell you about today's guests. Um, Her name is Dion Thomas and I was actually introduced to her through my really good friend. I talk about her all the time, Dr. Tristan Sophia. So, Dr. Tristan Sophia and Dion Thomas actually have known each other for quite a long time and they used to work together. And when, how did Tristan bring this up? I don't remember. You know, me and Tristan have really good conversations and sometimes like I forget how things, like the context of it. But anyway, she sent me Dion's TED Talk. So in 2015, Dion was on, was honored to be selected as a speaker at the TEDx conference in Temecula, which is in California. And she, so Tristan sent me the link and I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, Tristan, (laughs) you need to connect me with Dion. Like I would love to talk to her and like maybe see if she would be interested in being on the podcast. And Dion and I like hit it off right away right away like we just had a really good first conversation second conversation and then when it came to that time to actually record the podcast I think because we had already built a rapport we were able to dive right into it so a little bit of a background about Dion is that she is a dance fitness instructor and when I think of dance fitness instructor I think of like, okay, does she teach hip hop? Does she teach like what, like Zumba? Or and I think she does teach Zumba, but like what she does is so much deeper than just showing up for 50 minutes to an hour and teaching you a couple of dance moves. 
she really has this passion to help guide people to really love themselves and move confidently through the world. And that's what this episode is all about. So she's really well known for her ability to help people connect to the authentic version of themselves and really learn that self-expression. And she's led thousands of people in dance and Dion really realized that people need to learn how to give themselves permission and freedom to be who they truly are. So taking her desire to motivate people from the dance floor to the outside world, um, she really encourages us to awaken our inner dancer and allow ourselves to move courageously and unguarded through the world. And I think that is such a beautiful beautiful mission. And I was so excited to be able to sit down and have this conversation with her. So on top of having her own TED Talk, she's also had speaking engagements at the Chopra Center, which is in Carlsbad, California, and the Lululemon Residency in La Jolla, which I always think is so funny when people from out of town call La Jolla La Jolla. (laughs) (laughs) sorry I just had to throw that in there I had someone someone say that to me once they're like oh yeah I went to San Diego once and we went to this really pretty area by the beaches in La Jolla I'm like what (laughs) I just love like I love like little accent things like that um so (laughs) Sorry, I had to throw that in there so on top of that she's also um had a wonderful um, keynote speech at the San Diego Women's in Leadership Luncheon. And those are just some of her highlights. So um, she's also the creator of Infuse Joy, which is a dance celebration in Southern California with more than 200 people gathering in love and joy united by power of music and dance. And overall, Dion's mission is getting people to realize moving to your own rhythm is not just good for you, but also good for the world. And it's just such a good episode. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So in this episode, you're going to hear how to give yourself permission to feel good in your own skin, how to harness the power of dance and how it can bring light into the world and the importance of showing up into your unique authentic self. So many good little nuggets of information. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. You guys can find all of the links to Dion um, down in the episode notes. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'd love to hear what your biggest takeaways were. So you can always find me on Instagram at livingbreely. Or send me an email to info at I love responding to emails. I actually really like responding to emails. It just like seems such like such a deeper connection. But anyway, enjoy this episode. I will see you guys on Friday with a new little 10 to 15 minute podcast. And yeah, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. Be kind, be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. We recording. <laughs> Wait, is this thing on? Seriously. Am I recording? <laughs>
<laughs> You're listening to Let's Get Into It, a podcast designed to help you in your life and in your business. My name is Bree Marie, and I'm your host. You might have stumbled upon my blog, livingbreely.com, or taken one of my online courses, or maybe you're just learning about my work for the first time. As a business strategist, course creator, and a seasoned blogger, I've had the opportunity to sit down with number one best-selling authors, world-class experts, coaches, healers, and other online entrepreneurs who are super excited to share with you their stories, learning lessons they've had along the way, and how they continue to strive on making an impact in our world. Each week, I want to bring you two episodes full of tangible and actionable steps to inspire you to have an impactful, sustainable, and purpose-driven life and business. So let's get into it. Hey, Dion. Hey. How are you? I'm so good. It's not even funny. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was just out in the sun for like 15 minutes. And I swear that's like such a mood booster for me. Mm -hmm. Like if I can like stand in the sun and just be outside for like a little bit, I'm like golden. I feel amazing. Yeah. And you know what adds onto that for me is to stand in the sun but like next to a tree, like something, I'm like such a tree lover. Mm-hmm. There's something about like standing next to a solid grounded, like just planted tree that just feels so good to me. Mm-hmm. I and agree. So that's where I am now. I'm under a tree. <laughs> so we actually have a mutual friend who has a lot of trees. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Dr. Tristan Sophia. And that is how me and Dion connected. And Tristan lives in on this beautiful property in Montana with lots of trees. (laughs) So many trees. And she has these, um, I think they're cypress trees when I was on the property. And the wind blows and these little leaves just kind of like do this dance. Oh my gosh. It's just spectacular. Yeah, nature is healing mm-hmm. just in its own right. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I know God is real. Have you ever seen yes. a beautiful sunset or sunrise? Yeah. Like there's no way there's not a larger creator outside yes. of ourselves. Absolutely. You hit it, girl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Dion, tell us a little bit more about what you do because I think you have such unique work but it's not completely crazy like I I really it's so healing and it's something that we're like oh yeah like of course that makes sense so tell us Mm -hmm. more about like the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. so it's really been a challenge for me to put a name on it and so what I call myself is I'm a dance facilitator Because what I do is I create space where people can come and dance and basically heal themselves, basically set themselves free from whatever's holding them back. And it's kind of hard to put a name on that. So I'll call myself a dance facilitator. Um, In the outside world, they might call me a dance fitness instructor. Um, But that just put too many... I felt like it put me in a box that I don't belong in. 
And, um, and so, yeah, so what I do is I help people find themselves through dance and through movement. I love that. So what about dance is so healing? Like, what is it about it? Yeah, so I feel like, and I've always felt that dance is such a primal thing. Like, all cultures have some form of dance, you know, when you look at it, when you look at it. And I think it's something like when we're babies and we hear music and we start to move in a way that's like just unguarded and it just feels good and it feels natural. I feel like getting back to that natural kind of instinct, that that baby mindset, you know, of just anything's possible and I can do whatever I want with this body. It feels so good and it's very healing and it gets you away from all those limited beliefs that you put on yourself from the time you were you know three years old on (laughs) or whenever it started for you you know right and I think that when people dance when people connect to music there's something primal that's happening in your in your body but then there's also something really that connects you to your spirit in a way that sometimes we kind of lose when we grow up. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you talked about like the primal thing and just how human beings have been doing it for so long. Yeah. Like in almost every culture, mm-hmm. and probably before there were like true cultures, dance exactly. has always been a piece of that like a yeah. piece of of connecting and and even like ritual ritualistic and, yep. and all of those things I think is really um, incredible and especially I think it's so important to tap into that especially with where we're at in in our world right now it really is because it just goes to show you that we're not as different as some people would have us believe you know where we're from and, you know, our culture or our skin color or our country of origin or whatever that is, it really, <laughs> that doesn't make us separate. That doesn't make mm-hmm. us different. And I feel like dance and music and movement, that is like something that connects us all. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. why do you think people should consider group dance as a practice? Well, I believe that you know, for me, what I try to create on the dance floor is a safe space, right? And so that's why people start to feel, and it takes some time for walls to come down, you know, I mean, the person's not just going to come on the dance floor and magically, you know, (laughs) lose all their inhibitions, but there's something about um, being vulnerable. And when you step on the dance floor, there's a sense of vulnerability there. And when you're vulnerable, in front of other people who are also being vulnerable, you kind of like naturally hold a safe space for each other, Mm -hmm. right? And that is something that we need to practice more of just in society. So for me, the dance floor is like, the dance floor that I wanna create is a microcosm of the way I would love the world to be you know, a place where people feel unguarded, a place where people feel like it's safe to be authentic, authentically who they are. It's a, it's a safe space for a person to make a mistake or fall down, you know, right. um, 
And if they did make what they think is a mistake, it's not really because it's moving however your body feels comfortable moving, you know, and that's how we should be in the world. I, I would love to see a world where people feel like we're all holding a safe space for each other and we're all going to help you up if you fall. And, you know, we're not holding you in such judgment and to be able to kind of like let that stuff go in front of and with other people is a very powerful thing. And people, you know, dance together and they form these bonds with people that they may have never met, you know, in their regular circles. And so I just think it's just a beautiful way to bring people together in such a healing way that it's just beautiful. Yeah, I never thought of it in the sense of like being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I know we kind of talked about this where I was like, um, what if you're not a good dancer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I dance all the time because I, I like I've talked about this a thousand times in the podcast, but like for me, like with my anxiety, like especially mm-hmm. if I'm sitting down all day or like just in really t- like intense work mode, like I feel that it's adrenaline and cortisol just like building up in my body and like this yeah. like I just need to move mm-hmm. and like putting on a good song I mean thankfully like my dog like he's kind of forced to love me so like he's really <laughs> uh-huh. um yeah. but yeah I mean I could only imagine like being in a dance class and being like oh my if like everyone else around me was like having the same feeling of like oh my gosh I suck at this or like I'm not that great like yes let's stop right there let's stop right there because that's a huge part of it Mm -hmm. that's a huge part of it and so I want people to think like when they first have that thought of and this is not like complicated dance like you're gonna be on dancing with the stars or something you know what I mean it's just just connecting your body to music and as soon as you have that thought of like what if I'm not good enough or um, I can't do this or my body's not like hers or all these thoughts, those are just limiting beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. Those are just limiting beliefs that you might have on the dance floor that you pretend you don't have in the outside world (laughs) because you're, you're an empowered woman, you know what I mean? But then when you're faced with that vulnerability on the dance floor, you're going to face it. Like, you're going to dance your way through it. And hopefully my hope and my goal is that you will come out on the other side when the cool down ends feeling like you overcame your obstacles and you can do that when you leave the dance floor. I love that. It's beautiful. So how did you get to this point of realizing that this, that dance was, powerful and healing and all in transformative like what was that moment where you were like oh okay this is what I need to keep doing yeah well so so it's twofold because for me it started as um it was medicine for me when I was going through a bout of depression and um you know, it was, it was probably my darkest moment in, in my life when I was feeling like I could not find a good reason for me to still be alive, you know, 
um, other than I didn't want my kids to have to say, you know, my mom committed suicide. I didn't want to leave them with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, I still get choked up when I think about that. But no, um, absolutely. But uh, so, you know, I decided that I needed to go get some help for myself. And when I did, the, the counselor that I was seeing had me write a list of things that I enjoy doing. And um, one of those was dancing, which I hadn't been doing, you know, and I'm not like a trained dancer or anything like that. I don't want to put that out there. I'm not that. I'm just a a person who loved, like you said, to just put on good music and dance. Um, And so I found a class at my gym and I just started going to this class and it was, I mean, if you've ever had any struggle with depression or I'm sure other people have, you know, had some similar issue where they just felt like gearing up to do anything just felt like a huge monumental task. So just getting to the gym at all was like, oh my God, it was the biggest thing in the world. And then to actually step into the room was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. And you know, all these eyes on me. And then the music would come on and I would connect with myself in a way that I hadn't allowed myself to feel my own feelings and to be there for myself. Um, And it just really helped me become stronger. It helped me remember who I was because I had kind of lost myself. And so I knew that there was a power and a connection, but for me, it was just my medicine. So I had to just keep going back and back and back and getting refills and refills. Um, You know, and then once I was inspired to become an instructor, I would have people come to me with tears in their eyes after class and and they would say, I don't know what's happening, but, you know, you're amazing. And they would always put it on me. You're amazing. You're you're so powerful and what you do is so but I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was the power of moving your body like it's just who we are. And everybody's not a dancer. I know that everybody doesn't connect with music the same way. For some people, it's, you know, running or yoga or different things that, you know, you can connect movement and, and, you know, do have a mind body connection. Um, But for me, it was dance. Yeah. I just, I want to circle back to something that you said about like how difficult it was for you to just even show up show mm-hmm. up to that gym to get into the to get to actually stand in the class mm-hmm. and I totally relate to that I think like anyone who like looks at it from like a logical point of view of like you're just showing up to the gym like you just have to walk through the door it's like there is such a mental block a mental struggle in that in those moments when you are facing things like anxiety or like depression mm-hmm. and I just like, I want to just say if like if someone's listening and they're like in that point of like, I don't even know like how I'm going to show up to work the next day. I don't even know how I'm going to, you know, do this thing that I've been putting off. And I know that it's so, it's something that should be so easy, but it's so difficult for me. Like, what would you say to that person? Whew. That's a big one because sometimes when you're in that fog, it's, hard to even hear anything 
you know, Mm -hmm. but I would say to that person, the smallest thing you could imagine yourself doing, the smallest step forward, the smallest step toward, just take that small step and then see where you can go after that. And then what's the next thing you can do? And the next thing, because sometimes I know for me, when I was there, it felt like I was in such a hole that I couldn't even imagine how I could, I could barely see the light, you know, Mm -hmm. but if I could just imagine taking one step towards something that looked like light, (laughs) you know, um, then one step led to another step and another step. And, and I kept stepping until I was able to be the light for someone. And that is such a powerful place to be that your pain can actually lead you to your purpose. Oh, thousand percent. I would not be doing any of this if I didn't have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? And I know people are like, what? Like you're just glamorizing anxiety. No, 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 no. no. Like Mm-mm. if I didn't have, like give having anxiety has brought me a level of empathy and compassion and kindness Mm -hmm. and connection that I would have never had otherwise yeah um so no it paint yeah definitely you find as sucky as it is to have Mm -hmm. to be in pain Mm -hmm. it's it's invaluable I think um And there's actually, I was just reading, I'm reading Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont. I don't know if you've Mm. heard of her. I have Uh, heard of her. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. (laughs) Um, I've had this book for like a while and I just never read it. But um, she, what, I mean, this is like, there's two examples. One, the Bird by Bird thing she was talking about. The reason why she named it that was because her brother had had like three months to do this book report. And so, of course, he waits till the night before it's due. (laughs) (laughs) to start and he has like the stack of books and like all of these things and he's sitting there like how am I going to conquer like how am I going to do this and Mm -hmm. his dad came or their dad came over and put his hand on his shoulder and he's like you just take it bird by bird buddy um and I just love that that so perfect and she also gave this example of like um you know, when you're driving in a car and it's pitch black at night and you're driving down like a road and you have to have your high beams on, you can only see with the two feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not ideal to drive like that with being only able to see two <laughs> feet in front of you, but mm-hmm. you can make that journey the whole way through by just seeing those two feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. like for anyone who's in that place of like, you know, severe depression or just any kind of depression or anxiety or whatever it is that you're going through. Like as long as you can see the two feet in front of you, like mm-hmm. just keep going. Yeah. And that's the important thing is to just keep going. Just keep going. That's so, so I'm gonna, good. I'm going to start good. crying. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true, but I never would have known the joy that I feel now from from being able to create these spaces if I hadn't taken that one step to just and I remember sitting in the parking lot of the gym and just like I don't know if I can do this okay let me just go through the door okay let me just go into the you know like literally one step at a time and and 
the the journey sometimes is just so it's so worth it like as as bad as it was I'm so glad it happened that way yeah and yeah it's not always easy it's not always fun mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more yeah. enjoyable but you yes. you just sometimes you just have to push a little yourself a little bit mm-hmm. to do those things and you said something to in our first conversation that like I wanna I don't wanna make like a t-shirt or like a poster or something. <laughs> oh um, my gosh, what did I it say? Was, it was you said I forgot what where the context of it, but you said you have to put this knowledge into your body and just start moving it. Oh yeah. And I love that. Like yeah. can you talk about that? I think I was talking about that very thing, that thing of feeling like you can't do something or you're not sure if you're going to be good or whatever that thing is that holds you back from doing whatever you're trying to do away from the dance floor, right? And you have that thought that pops up, put that confidence as you, as you tell yourself, you know what, let me just see if I can let me just see if I can move this hip like this. Let me just see if I can put my arm up. Let me just see if I can, you know, do a twirl. And you see that you can move. You can take a step. You can have, you can move with confidence. You can tell a story with the music, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish on the dance floor. So then you put that feeling, that confidence, that power, your actual authentic power that you're connecting with, put that into your body and move with it and see what it feels like. It feels so good to move in your power and then take that power, your authentic power and move into the world with it and take that on to your, you know, in your school and on your job and at the grocery store and, and just move in that authentic power. That is, uh, I feel like if everyone were, would, would be willing to, like come to a huge dance party (laughs) like once a week let me just throw a huge dance party and everybody come and let's see what we can just uncover let's see what we can what mask can we take off what you know what power can we step into that would be oh my gosh well, I think that's why festivals like Coachella mm-hmm. and what's the other one that's in San Francisco? Um, Outside Lands. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think and so. like EDC and like mm-hmm. all of those. I think that's the why they're so popular is because yeah. like people are sitting there and like you're all enjoying something like, mm-hmm. you know, music or whatever you want to like some of that music. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like is that music? Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> Like yeah. <laughs> just in, you're sitting and enjoying it with other people and like mm-hmm. you have that similar connection and yeah. there's so much of it. Like people really don't, I mean, granted we could get into like the, like the idiosyncrasies of like, it's all about the outfits and like influencers, yeah. but at the core of it, like what started it and what made mm-hmm. it so popular, I think is people always is, is having that similar that that space to just be mm-hmm. who they are and to dance around and, and have yes. one common thing with all of these other people. And I think that's why so many, you know, people who attend those events, they come back and they're like, you're on such an emotional high, like the mm-hmm. entire weekend. And then they like just crash. Yeah. <laughs> but 
I think that's like, I think that's brilliant. If they could, if, I mean, it doesn't have necessarily, like you were saying, it doesn't have to be dance. It could be yoga. It could be music. It could be something, but that power mm-hmm. of, of community. And I think community you know, going deeper than that is that those things that you're talking about, authenticity and vulnerability, like mm-hmm. when you're in a community that those authenticity and vulnerability, I think are byproducts of that. Yes. Yeah. And you can sit and be like really authentic by yourself. Right. <laughs> and that's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. But when you can be authentic and who you are and let the chips fall where they may in front of other people and with other people and encouraging other people to do the same, you know, I mean, that's the world I want to live in. I don't want to live in the world with, you know, false bravado and, and keeping up with the whoever you're trying to keep up with, you know, and, you know, I want to be in a world with real people. And so the only thing I knew to do is to create that, (laughs) you know, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant though. And we could all do that. I mean, we could all do that, not just on the dance floor, but you know, in, in our groups, because I think we need more and more of that as we, I mean, I have these, I have these conversations sometimes with people where they're like, everybody's so disconnected and everybody's on their phones and, and all that. And I'm like, well, what can we do about that? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Is there a way that we can reconnect or not? I think there is. And so if we can just all find ways that we can really reconnect to ourselves and then reconnect in groups with other people and, you know, like-minded people. And then like people who think differently from us, people who have different opinions and like, let's be authentic together. doesn't mean we have to be the same or agree. It just means we have to respect who you are. Yeah. Well, you're, I think it's important for people to realize too, like, you're doing no one favors when you're being authentic, like you were saying, being authentic by yourself or being Mm -hmm. vulnerable by yourself. Like those, no one's benefiting from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you have to put yourself in a community. And I think, I mean, granted, like does social media do more harm than good? I don't know. I kind of view it as like, it depends on, on, what's in the glass for you but like Mm -hmm. that's the beautiful part about social media is that you can literally you have access to millions if not billions of people Mm -hmm. who are probably into the same things that you are like everyone's like oh my you know working with clients oh my idea is too weird no one's going to be into it I'm like granted there's seven million people in the world someone else is into your weird (laughs) shit like trust yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) like there's no excuses so I think the same goes for like that authenticity and that vulnerability like there are people out there who need that who need Mm -hmm. you to show up in their community and be authentic and be vulnerable in 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 different modalities absolutely absolutely and so that's why I like to encourage people to you know find a dance floor and just even if 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 you're not you know trying to you don't have to be and this is the thing like oh edit this edit this please because I'm trying to get myself together okay so you don't have to be a dancer you don't have to be a good dancer 
Like that's not what it's about. It's about release. It's about releasing yourself. It's about stepping out of your comfort zone, getting out of your box that you've put yourself in. Even if the box is that I'm not a good dancer, like get out of that box. Like, can I say bad words? Yeah, of course. Oh, fuck that shit. shit. Get out of your own way. You know what I mean? And moving your body gets that freedom, like that the freedom that you feel when you just let yourself go and release all the, what are they going to think about me and release all the, I can't do this or whatever kind of shit you're holding on to. Like when you finally let that go, it feels so good that you want to keep that going throughout the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I want people to dance as a practice, like just find a dance floor and rock it out. And you, you, you don't have to tell anybody that you're there to heal yourself. <laughs> or what you're healing from. Like or just what you're healing from. Yeah. Just Absolutely. do you. Absolutely. I think um, I really love Elizabeth Gilbert. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. who Elizabeth I Gilbert do. is. I do. I met her. Oh my God, shut up. Oh, she's so hilarious. Where did you meet her? She's hilarious. I used to teach classes at the Chopra Center in Carlsbad, and they would have these amazing speakers come and all these, like, I mean, Deepak himself, just to be in the room. But then, you know, just these incredible speakers would come and we had access to them. And like when she was there, I was, yes, up front and center. I need to be there. Uh, yes, but go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh my God. We'll have to talk uh, about that later, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with her. Um, I was actually, when they were filming Eat, Pray, and Love mm-hmm. in Bali, I was actually there. I had never read Eat, Pray, and Love, yeah. but there was like this big thing on the island that like Julia Roberts was there. That was like mm. the big thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like <laughs> I didn't know anything, <laughs> but I read Big Magic two years ago. Yeah. Um, and she had this friend, she talked about this. I mean, and, and I kind of feel like it, it relates where her friend was like, you know, um, like I always wanted to be like an ice skater. Like she wanted to, she's like, I wanted to be an ice skater, but she was like, I'm 40 something years old. Like I'm not going to the Olympics. Like I'm not doing this like crazy stunts or anything like that. She's like, I just wanted to be on and be an ice skater. And so her friend signed up for these classes and she hired like a private coach or whatever. And she's like every day at like 5am she gets up and she goes ice skating and she's like, Mm -hmm. not about being the best. It's not about getting to the Olympics. It's not about winning any medals or entering any competitions. She's like, my friend just likes to fucking ice skate. (laughs) And that was all there was to it. And I was like, that is so beautiful because I think we always have this like expectation that whenever we're going to try something, like we have to be the best at it and we have to do, we have to like somehow excel at it. It's like, what if you just like to do it? Like mm-hmm. I was, I was telling Tristan this last night. I was like, I'm a horrible baker. Can I cook? I love to cook. I'm really great at it. Horrible mm-hmm. at baking, but I just like to bake. Like for me, it's very calming and relaxing, but like it, everything I bake, I'm sorry. It just tastes like shit. Like it's just, not good. <laughs> but it's just something that I like to do. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of given up on like, you know, entering a baking contest. Like I'm, my kids are not, if I ever have kids, like I'm, they're not going to want me to cook for their bake. <laughs> like, I've, 
kind of given up on it, but I just like to do it, even though I suck at it. Like, yeah. It's just something, sometimes it's just, and I think the same thing mo- goes with dancing. Like, Absolutely. you might suck and that's okay, but you're yeah. showing up and you're doing it because you like to do it. Yes, absolutely. That's, oh a, that's one of the things that Elizabeth Gilbert has has given me because, yeah, I mean, it was like I had all of these fears about starting my blog, starting my business. What if I don't, what if I'm not good at it? What if I'm like, okay, am I going to be the next Steve Jobs? Probably not. But like, this is something <laughs> I like to do. And I just yeah. happened to be good at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just so happens. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you better bake your muffins. <laughs> throw them in the trash of me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, anything out of a box, I'm golden. But like, you ask me to like make a banana, like a loaf of bread, like yeah, it would just yeah, would not be a good situation. <laughs> would not recommend coming to my bake sale. <laughs> oh, I have a lot of things like that. Yeah, we all do. But sometimes yeah. it's just like fun to do things like, I don't know, I, I feel like as you get older too, you kind of give up this idea of like, I have to be the best, I have to be the best at it. It's like sometimes it's just yeah. worth having the experience to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of people, a lot of uh, some of the holdups that people talk to me about is like, what would people think if I, you know, whatever. And it's like, first of all, nobody thinking about you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't flatter yourself. Right? Sad but true. Like on the dance floor, especially. Like nobody's watching you. Everybody's so concerned with what they're doing and what the music is and, and all that. Like nobody cares what you're doing, first of all. But then if they are, it's like, that's not your business. You know, and so everybody, you know, everybody has different hangups and different, different things. I mean, I do too. I work through my stuff too on the dance floor and, and in other ways, meditation is huge for me. And, you know, I just want to be not the best at something, but just the best version of myself. I love that. Yeah. So what do you say to people when they're like, I worry about what people are going to think. Yeah, that's one thing I tell them is that nobody's thinking anything. I just literally, I tell them that, you know, when you come here or when you try this thing, are you thinking about other people? No, you're so concerned with what your goal is and what you're trying to do here that, you know, you don't have time to think about other people. And if you do, you need to stop it. (laughs) So really, if, I I really try to get people if if they're talking about a goal like that's outside of the dance floor I try to get them con- connected to why it's important to them because I think like I mean I'm a very spiritual person and I believe that when we have a strong desire to do something there's a reason for that and the reason is that we were we were brought here at this place in time to do that thing. So if you want to be an ice skater, it's not necessarily so that you could, you know, go to the Olympics or anything, but maybe your friend is a writer and she's going to write about the fact that you can do something and not be the best at it. And it's going to inspire someone who's going to start their blog, who's going to change the world or whatever it is. Yeah. 
and oh my so God, that's I just such a, like deep thought. Yeah. Oh, I'm deep. I'm deep, girl. Think about, <laughs> yeah, think about it in that way of like sometimes the things that we do, like they just carry so much weight, even if it just sounds so silly. Yeah. Yeah. But we're dominoes, you know, we're dominoes for each other. And it's like one thing that I might do that I might have been afraid to do. And it's just a very small thing. Like, you know, go teach a class. It might be a small thing to someone else. Like, but maybe it's a huge deal for me. Like there are a lot of people who teach dance fitness classes. They just go and teach and they leave, they plug in their iPod or whatever they do. And they go and teach that class and they don't think twice about the deeper meaning of it. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel like I'm out here changing the world, (laughs) you know? And, and so everybody places their own value on whatever, whatever their mission and purpose is. Right. And I think that when you step into your calling, when you step into what you were created to do, then you domino and then somebody else sees you doing that and it gives them permission to do what they were called to do. And then it just goes on and on and on. And that's how we are here for each other. So I may not inspire anybody to dance, but maybe I can inspire someone to, you know, make a a, a cookie or (laughs) or do do whatever that thing is, you know, whatever that thing is for them. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, you totally inspire me. We were talking about how we both inspire each other before this podcast, but I think I've always believed in the, in the idea that like people who set out to be like motivational or inspirational, like they're like, I'm a motivational speaker, like whatever Mm -hmm. they, Mm -hmm. I'm like, those are not the people that motivate and inspire you. Like people motivate and inspired by being. Yeah. Yep. And by and that's never like there is set intention to inspire right. or motivate. <laughs> I'm here to motivate you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean that's like a whole other topic. I've talked about that on the podcast too, where I'm just like, that's so fleeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. motivation. Um, but no, I absolutely loved everything you said. And I'm so grateful that you're on the podcast because I feel like this was just a really good conversation and I feel so grateful to like have this opportunity to talk to you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so just inspired your by your badassery and <laughs> just everything that you have been able to do. I mean, lemons and lemonade, you have just like inspired me. So thank you so much for being who you are and showing up in the world. You're going to make me cry. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, Tristan. We have to thank you for connecting us. Thank you, Tristan. And I'm going to have all of Dion's links. If you are interested in learning more about her, all of her links will be in the show notes or the episode notes. So you guys can just slide up and they'll all be in in that um, box there. One more thing. If you loved this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Instagram and tag me at livingbrewly with you listening to this episode. I'd love to hear from you, see you, connect with you, and know which episodes and interviews you're finding valuable. For any courses, freebies, or blog posts mentioned in this episode, you can head over to livingbrewly.com or check out the show notes below.